I'm Becca. Hello, I am Marcy, and this is Ooze, Booze, and Ears. So, are you excited that we have finally taken the first steps of this adventure? Ah, yes. Episode one, the most exciting one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for now, I just... Uh, it's it's weird to believe that we're actually doing this. I know. And nobody really knows. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, there's a few people at work that know that it's something I've been working on, but I haven't, you know, told them, like... I haven't told anybody. <laughs> oh, shit. I've been telling so, pe- like, people at work. Because I had to bounce name ideas off them. Right. Like, I didn't want to bring a half-cocked name to you <laughs> and it just be a shitty name. Right. The only person on my side that knows is probably Ashley. <laughs> yeah. I figured she would probably know. And maybe her boyfriend, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, on my side, nobody else knows. Yeah, there's a, I've told quite a few people, actually. Because I'm so excited about it. Right. I have not because I want to get it started first and then be like, oh, yeah, I did this. Meh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a podcast? I got one of those. Oh, yeah, I got one of these. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know how that is, that type of feeling. It's like, like oh, you don't have this kind of thing from other people. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I do. Check out this website. <laughs> right, right. Which, by the way, we don't have that fully up yet. So. Yes. But we're working on it. Yes. <laughs> Which is good. Yes. So yay for us. Yes. I don't know how this is all going to work, but we're going to figure it out by trial and error. Hey, that just makes us human. Probably a lot of fucking errors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the listeners will just laugh with us along the way, so it's good. <laughs> Hopefully. I think there is currently zero people listening to us. <laughs> well, I mean, we have time. I think we're going to have to, like, bribe Ashley <laughs> to, so we have one listener. <laughs> hey, Ashley, I'll give you a cookie if you listen to me. And it'll be a cookie from work to get any time. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of Ashley, her last day for this job is... On the- uh- should we indulge in that? Well, I guess what, well, she's ending. Yeah, she's ending it. So she will be moving on to a better job. Yes. So at this particular job, she's going to be leaving the 23rd. Oh. That's cool. Yes. I'm really happy for her. So I'm happy for her, too. Because yeah. she'll be moving on to bigger, better things, you know. Life will be good. Yes. Go Ashwi Shwi. Go Shwi Shwi. We love you, girl. <laughs> you better be listening to this. <laughs> well, I mean, she's going to be one of the people we talk about the most on here, too, so <laughs> she better Probably. get used to it. <laughs> Probably. Alrighty. So now I hear that you have something that you would like to discuss, Marcy. Ah, uh, yes. So if anyone's ever taken a trip into the woods, you know, they know how spooky the woods can be. And my aunt has a little patch of woods that's next to her house 
Mm-hmm. On the I know. opposite side I of the I know which ones you're talking about. Yes. It's been fairly active recently in these at night, and it's like, I'm not quite sure what's going on, because as you know, that's not a very big patch of woods. Mm-mm. So Unless, how far back do they go? Because, like, what would be behind there? I don't know, but that's what I would like to discuss, because I think there might possibly be a portal. Oh? Because you've seen those woods. They're not very big at all. No. So I think it might be a portal to a different realm that's much bigger than what we actually see physically. That's an intriguing theory. Hmm. Especially with all the sounds that have been coming out of those itty-bitty woods. Well, I just know that whatever that tapping or knocking or... I've been hearing screeching. Oh, that, the the squeaking, it sounds like a door. Yeah, it sounds like there's a door opening over there. Like a screen door, all the time. Yeah. It's annoying. And (laughs) creepy as hell. Yes. And then, I have recently been hearing screeching, like, actual screeching from an animal. Like an owl? No, not like from an owl. It's like, um, some kind of cat-slash-human screech. Ew. Yes. Ha! We hit our ew. (laughs) Ew! (laughs) And it's just, I think it's interesting because those particular little piece of woods is not really attached to the bigger woods that's behind it. Huh. Because is it just, like... I'm trying to think of... Because that basically just essentially goes out to the country area, right? Well, like, the bigger woods that's close to it but not attached is actually part of, like, a little land area next to the hospital. Oh. But I'm just talking about this little patch of woods by itself. Hmm. Fair. So I think it might, there's, like, a portal behind that little bit of woods. And that's where all those weird random noises are coming from. So it's like some kind of... Like paranormal... Plane that's on the opposite side of this portal, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Plus, I know you and me, we sometimes discuss fairies and things like that. So it's like, that is definitely a possibility. I think maybe. (laughs) Especially with all the random sounds that comes out of those little woods. Yeah. And obviously we can see between the trees there's nothing living there. Not that we can see with our human neck eyes. (laughs) Oh, I guess I could have said humanoid. (laughs) Humanoid eyes. Oh, now that would be scary if some random humanoid thing came out of there. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. Um, well... Do you think, like, there's still, like, bears wandering through? I don't think there's been a bear in that neighborhood since that one that attacked the police officer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, because remember I told you there was a second bear that my dad and my uncle saw. Oh, that's right. I done forgot about that one. (laughs) But that was still a while ago. 
Yeah. I don't think anyone's seen have that bear been, since. Have you been seeing deer recently? Because just the other day on my way to work, you know, over yonder up the road. Yeah. By that one factory that's up the road. Mm-hmm. Literally saw like four, like four or five of them. Almost ran into them because they start, startled me because I was hiding. And then they just I I did not I did not see a deer, but I did see a fox that seemed to be acting peculiar. Hmm. Right next to those woods too. Ew. And like, you wouldn't think a fox would decide to stand on its two legs. Wait, huh? Yeah, like this thing stood up for a good minute, like. And just looked around. Is sensing something? That's kind of why I'm wondering if maybe there's a portal next to those woods. Because, like, a fox wouldn't normally do that. Yeah. That's, like, strange to me. So, like, I'm wondering if maybe it was listening or trying to look for something. Yeah. That possibly is not physically there. Well, I mean, they do say that animals are more keen to pick up on paranormal. Super, yeah, I was going to say paranormal, supernatural yeah. type of things. Ay, ay, ay. Yep, so I've just kind of been keeping an eye on those little woods there because I don't it's know. too bad it's somebody else's property and that you can't just go on it and, like, oh. do, like, an EVP <laughs> or something. Oh, honey, you think if I... If I had permission to go on those woods, I'd be out there every night just taking my little EVP reader going... You have one? I used to, but Aunt Wanda broke it. <laughs> she, she dropped, Wanda! She didn't mean to. Her arthritis kicked in. Oh, so no. she. <laughs> I take back my... Wanda! <laughs> Although, why she was trying to... My thing was because I left it on the counter for a second, and then... I went to... What kind was it? Was it like, um, like a spirit box with the... No, it was like one of the ones that, uh, with the numbers, like it read however much activity was there. Oh, like a, um, like a millimeter? Yeah. Oh. So I just left it, like, on the counter. Oh. To go get some other stuff that I might need just to check things out. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I think she just didn't understand what it was, so she was just kind of checking it out, and mm-hmm. then her arthritis just decided with her hand, and it was oh. like, because oh. <laughs> she did feel bad. She's like, I'm so sorry. It's like it's okay, I'm going back, and I always buy another one later. Yes. Oh. But you know, <laughs> it's all right though. So. <laughs> ready for your side, girl. Let's hear it. Okay. So, this is an Australian case. Always exciting to hear from down under. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got some information from Wikipedia. Alright. I do have one notation. Um, I 
think from the Mayo Clinic org or something mm, or something close to it no my mayoclinic.org oh okay. and then but the vast majority of my information I got from reading this book which I bought on Google uh, books mm -hmm. and I believe that it is called let's hope that's the words while I'm looking my brain is blinking. Um, um, oody doo, oody doo. <laughs> it's called The Family Court Murders. Okay. By Debbie Marshall. Ooh. Well, thank you, Debbie Marshall. Thank you, Debbie Marshall. She went in there and she got some details. Now, I am doing a lot of paraphrasing. Okay. And shortening up a lot of stuff, I might... So you just got, like, into the nitty-gritty part. Yeah, mostly, like, the the facts part. Ah. Like, I didn't do so much of the dialogue right. that she had gotten into, um, but I, uh, I used some of the facts that she stated in there. Okay. Because some of the facts are... The facts that you can find in any of the online articles or on Wikipedia or such like that. Like, it's the known facts, ah. you know, so to speak. Because I don't, <laughs> you know, copy her work. Cause yeah. I'm sure she spent a long time and a lot of hard work went into writing that book. And it's actually really flipping good. I might have to actually read that. You should. Um, so, we're going to start off with the family court history. Okay. Um, we love history. <laughs> History's <laughs> great. Yes, so, it is. So, the family court, it was established in 1976 on January 5th. It was kind of created by the Family Law Act of 1975. So, like, First came the act, then came the court. Ah, okay. okay. Makes sense. And then, according to Wikipedia, the Family Law Act is legislation that deals with divorce, custody arrangements, financial, and property separation. This act repeals the Matrimonial Cause Act of 1961, which was basically, it was a lot harder to get divorced beforehand right. because women just didn't have as many rights back then. Um, yeah. And basically it's just, they didn't really see women as as their own people essentially. Yeah. Like, Second class citizens, kind of. I, I don't know how to put it, but like, they were more property than people, I want to yeah. guess. Something but, like that. Uh, anyways, this act also covers family violence, so abuse. Oof. Um, with this act, like couples, they didn't need to provide proof, i.e., um, having a private. I in, oh my gosh, I can't talk today. 
having a private investigator follow their spouse around and try and capture snapshots of them cheating and... Ah, you mean like how some people will have their spouse is spied on nowadays. kind of makes me think of, like, do you remember the show Cheaters? I do remember the show Cheaters. Oh, my God. It kind of reminds like I used to stay up until past 2 o'clock in the morning just to be able to watch the show. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of that. Like, obviously, this is pre Yeah, this is, like, way pre-Cheaters. But, like, it, it's kind of like those vibes. They, they yeah. hire a private investigator to try and get dirt on their significant other. Yes. That way they'd have um, legal grounds on which to divorce. Because you had to, basically it came down to you ha- they had to be cheating or they had to be like so abusive that like you're getting broken bones. Otherwise you're freaking stuck. Right. Now this one, this new act, you you didn't you didn't have to do all that. You could all you had to do is just show that it couldn't be mended, and like like basically that everything was done. Like right, you know, say you just couldn't get along with your partner, you could end it. That's a lot nicer than what they were doing previously. Clearly, oh yeah, and it was super super controversial. Ooh, because men. Men did not like how laid back it was. Oh, God. And they didn't like that women were starting to get more equality. Oh, God forbid. Men felt, well, a lot of men. I can't speak for them all, but... But um, the good majority. Felt like this was an outrageous thing. Like, literally, there were groups of people forming to be like, by the way, this fucking sucks. (laughs) <laughs> essentially like right. i'm sure there was more to it but like that's how my brain freaking yeah went with it and uh there were a lot of people that wanted to get out of marriage they were like i am donezo of course because some of those marriages back then were just absolutely horrible oh yeah for sure so among, like, these thousands of people that want to get divorced, I am going to focus on one couple. Ooh. Yes. Because they are the centerpiece of oh. all of the craziness in this story today. Oh, and don't we just love it when we have a centerpiece couple that's just all of the drama? Oh, God. They, there <laughs> is so much drama. So much drama! The drama! There is definitely a drama king. Uh oh. <laughs> big drama king. Oh. In my opinion. Oh, you know it's it's a good story when it's a drama king and not a drama queen. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, this uh, fancy dancy couple. Ooh. I don't know if they're actually fancy dancy, but that's what I just said. So, <laughs> this was 1979. And we are talking about Andrea Margaret Warwick slash Blanchard. Okay. Blanchard is the... um, Is the maiden name. Yes. Warwick is the married. Okay. And her then husband, Leonard Warwick. Oh. There's got to be some kind of drama with the last name, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, 
Do you want to know more? Yes, I do. I want to know more. Are you sure? Yes. Tell me more. Okay, I'm going to start with the drama king. Yes, please. (laughs) So, Leonard J. Warwick. Ooh. He was born on January 24th of 1947. And his parents got married in 1943. The mother, Eileen Warwick, was 21. Oh, wow. And his father, also Leonard, but it's spelt differently. Hmm. Like, the drama king is L-E-O-N-A-R-D, and Daddy King <laughs> is L-E-N-N-A-R-D. But they're both Leonards, hmm. technically. But anyways, Daddy Leonard Warwick was 30 when they got married. Oh, that's not so bad. They lived out by, like, a national park kind of thing on two and a half acres of land. Right? Right. And Daddy, he, he like, chops wood, sells produce when, like, the local work is, like, kind of iffy. Right. Because back then, jobs were hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people ended up working in the coal mines. Yeah. Like, that was just a huge thing. I felt so sorry for all the miners. The mother, um, Eileen, ends up passing away in 1953. And I actually had to go to uh, mayoclinic.org to try and figure out what com- what this actually meant. Right. Um, but she died from a cerebral hemorrhage. Hemorrhage? Yes. <laughs> a cerebral hemorrhage and thrombocytopenic. Excuse me? Purpura. <laughs> <laughs> it's thrombo C Y T O P N I C. That is a word. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just makes me think of thrombocyclops penis. Like, that's <laughs> what my brain like, <laughs> substitutes everything, but obviously that's way off. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Poor mommy dearest. <laughs> uh, do you want to know what it is? Sure. It's a rare blood condition. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor mommy. <laughs> it's got a 90% death rate. Oh, gosh. Wen was only six. And, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, uh, in 1948, uh, uh, Leonard got a sister. Named oh. Also, Eileen. This is Eileen. Muriel, and they're only 13 months apart. Okay. Okay. Anyways, get back to Mommy Dearest passing. Poor Mommy Dearest. Sorry, Mommy Dearest. Uh, Eileen was almost five. Oh. So they were both really young. And so now, uh, between Google and the Mayo Clinic, uh, they shortened it to ITP. So I'm going to call it that. Okay. Because it's much easier. Um, and it, it's uh, low-level platelets. The cells that help blood clot make bruising a lot easier, and it can cause excessive bleeding. And some of the causes were uh, the immune system mistakenly attacks and destroys the platelets. 
Um, and then, so, at that time, Eileen, the daughter, not the mama, because the mama's right. passed away. Right. She was sent to go live in western Sydney with her Aunt Lily. Oh. And then I don't really hear much about this sister. So she just kind of dropped off the face of the earth for well, the time being. For the time being, as far as I know, I don't know if she comes back into the story or not. I haven't gotten that far, but... And then... Daddy King, he, uh, he practically leaves a shrine. Like, cause he doesn't touch any of the mother's stuff. It's just left however she left it. Like, it's just, that's how it is, don't touch Oh. Like. So he kind of had like a. Like a shrine. Yeah, kind like of. some kind of depression where he just couldn't touch anything. Yeah. And so, at 15, Leonard quit school. Very common back then. Yeah, very common back then. To quit school. And he works odd jobs and such. Works in vegetable gardens. He even worked on a mushroom farm. Oh, wow. And at 18, he starts cutting cane. So, like, sugar cane? That's what I was guessing. I'm not 100% sure. It literally just said cane. Cutting cane is how they put it. So then I'm a, I'm just gonna assume that it's sugar cane. Cause That's what my brain pictured with sugar cane. Although at the same time, my brain also, for some reason, kept picturing bamboo stalks. <laughs> well, I mean, sugar cane does kind of look like bamboo a little bit. I have no idea. I've never seen either of them in person. But anyways, and then he's also worked on a tobacco farm, which kinda I know what that is. Yeah, kind of <laughs> typical back then for kids. Yeah, yeah. He likes to spend a lot of time out in the bush. That's don't the blame wild me. area. Don't blame me for the name. I know it's hilarious, but like I know when they what that's what they call it in Outback. It's like, oh, go play in the bush. Go play in the wilds. Go yeah. <laughs> go have fun and outside. He since he spends so much time out there, he knows his way around, and he likes being alone. Doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. You know, kind of just chills by himself. He even finds himself this little cave that he likes. Right. But, yeah. And it was, like, I guess, deep in the bush. <laughs> Out in the wilderness. Yes. Okay. Let's get back. <laughs> At 20, in 1967, he starts a military career with the Vietnam War. Oh. And he learns welding, and for a while he's a cook and a boiler maker. And at first I was like, okay... Am, am I just dumb, or is this some type of code word? No, literally, a boiler maker makes boilers. Well, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he doesn't see any overseas action. Oh, I didn't even finish writing out his stupid stuff. <laughs> I didn't finish writing down the rest of his notes, but I know most of this part anyways just off the top of my head but he ends up leaving the army in 1970 and joins the fire department oh I did put it in there he joins the fire department well he's lived an exciting life so far and how old is he by this I don't know in 67 he was 20 24 oh my question mark so, so roughly around 24 years old by this point. 
Yeah. And has become a firefighter. Yeah. Good lord. Okay. So now, here we go to Andrea. Okay? Miss Andrea. And I'm going to refer to her by her maiden name. Okay. Because she deserves that. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, Andrea was born in 1948 to Marjorie and Leslie Blanchard. She's got two older sisters, Loretta, who's the oldest, and through all my research so far, I have not found, like, a birth year. It just stated she was the oldest. Ah. Uh. And then you've got Judy, who was born in 1944, and one younger brother, Stephen, who... With math, I had to figure it out with math because they were like, oh, well, she, Judy's four years the senior and six years the junior of this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm oh, like, they started going down that rabbit trail. Oh, no. Yeah. So I just, I tried to do the math the best I could. And I guessed, I tried to do the math the best I could, but I'm believing that Stephen was born in 1950. And uh, Andrea was born in 1948. Alright. So, if Stephen is two years Andrea's junior, then that would put it at 50. Ergo, that's how I got that. Okay. And uh, this mother, she's one of those mothers. Oh. She wasn't around much. Oh. And I'm pretty sure that they were, like, she was still married. I didn't get much clarity on this. But, like, I'm pretty sure she was technically still married to the dad, Leslie. But, uh, she would date around. Wow. Oh. She would date some married guys. Oh, always going out. Just living a party life. And stuff. So, for a little while, um, her mom even helped Leslie with the kids. And next thing you know, Loretta, she's the oldest, right. leaves home at 19 and she gets married. Like, she gets married to this guy and she's like, see you later. Well, I mean. But I can't blame her. I mean. Yeah. If I had, like, an absentee parent, I'd probably be like, meh. Nobody gives a shit anyway. Right. So, uh, Judy ends up dropping out of school at 15 to help uh, their dad raise Steve and Andrea. So, that's pretty much the little... Right. That's, that's, that's all I got for most of her background. Ah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to find about her background. I was lucky enough to get that much. But, in 1970, Andrea meets Leonard. Oh. Like, see, Andrea was technically supposed to be on a blind date with some guy, mm -hmm. but either he was boring or he didn't show or something. He en She ends up meeting Leonard that night instead. Oh. And she's 18 now. And they start spending a lot of time together, going to movies, dinner, going out to his dad's land, you know, 
out in the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he, like, is showing early signs of, like, for me, it would be like, red flag, bitch! Ah. But, because he starts showing up at her work, and she's broken up with him multiple times, but she always goes back. And uh, I'm not going to judge her on that because being in any type of abusive relationship is difficult to leave. But That is true. It's just... Being in an abusive relationship is hard for people. Yeah. Just and period. Yeah. I just... I don't wish that on anybody. No. I... Okay. Um... But anyways, so... Do you want to hear how Leonard proposes? Yes, I do. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, well, they just go to the jewelry store and pick out a ring. <laughs> and that's it. That was it. Wow, Leonard. That, he was so romantic, wasn't he? That was so dull. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and then his dark, sh- dark side shows more. Oh, jeez. But she still stays, and she gets married to him in 1974. Len, I'm going to start calling him Len. Okay. Because I don't like Leonard. It's just too long. Too many letters. So Len is 27, and Andrea is 22. And now they're married. Kind of right off the bat, Len starts verbally and physically abusing Andrea. Oh, God. Like, it gets to the point where in 75, one year-ish after marriage, Andrea goes and stays with her dad and her brother because they live together. Right. Like, she's just like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'm I'm out. <laughs> she goes. But when he, he's a persistent little bastard. Oh, God. He breaks in through the window. And he just climbs in the window like, like a freaking creeper. Yep. And uh, his dad basically shoes him away. Like, you go on, get going out of here. You ain't supposed to be here. Get going. Get on out. And one was like, I ain't scared of you. Oh. And like just uh, being a douche canoe. <laughs> but when ends up threatening him but he does leave like he threatens Leslie the dad good but he still leaves um and after all of like this like he kept up with like idle threats and Mm. so Andrea just went back to Len because he didn't or she didn't want anything to happen to her dad right you know she did file a restraining order but she wants to protect her dad. Like, and I can understand that to a point, you know? Like, if you're scared that something's going to happen to your family because you yeah. made certain actions, like, I try to take my actions back, too. Yeah. Um, and they were ended up being married for four and a half years. Oh, God. And most of it was horrible. That poor girl. Yeah. Um, trigger warning... This is going to talk about a little bit of domestic abuse. So, if you don't like that, you can go ahead and skip ahead. I don't know how long, but just skip if you don't like that kind of stuff. So, 
Just wanted to give you a warning. Except for Mercy. Mercy can't escape me. I don't want to. I want to know more. <laughs> okay. So, he would hit her for saying, like, st stupid things. Like, literally, there was one time where he, like, like socked her in the fucking jaw. And Good you wanna Lord. Know, do you want to know what she did? What? Asked how his day was. <laughs> I, I, girl, what the hell? Yeah. And, uh, it got to the point that, uh, she ended up having to quit her job one year into the marriage because she had so many, uh, bruises from this abuse. Like, she just had, she was covered in bruises. Like, makeup and long sleeve blouses didn't cover up the bruises. Jeez. And, on top of it, Len is jealous of every single relationship that, you know, Andrea tries to have with anybody. And it doesn't mean relationship like... So it could be that. like, so it could be like a friend type relationship. Oh, no. And he would get mad. Oh, it's worse than that. He would get jealous of her relationships with her family. Mm-hmm. And... To the point where he would lock her into the house sometimes, just so he could control, like, where she's going. Oh, wow. But don't worry. Len is a perfectionist, he's smart, and stubborn. Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> and guess what else? What else? They have a kid together. Oh, no, that poor girl. I didn't even say it was a girl. I meant... His oh. wife. Oh! <laughs> well, I mean, it is a girl. Her name is Trudy. Trudy Warwick. She was born June 22nd in 1978 in Sydney. Two days later, they were home. And guess what happens? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm almost scared to guess. Guess what happens? Something bad happened to the kid. No. But the abuse continues. Oh, Andrea. Okay, so now Trudy is three months old, and guess what day it is? Is it their anniversary? It is not. Mm. <laughs> it's Andrea's birthday. Oh. And guess what happens? She doesn't get to have anybody at her birthday. Close. Uh, Judy and some of the other family members, they stop over to give Andrea birthday cake. And oh. to wish her happy birthday. Let's pissed. Oh god. He's like, I don't want nobody. They don't need to be here. Kind of crap. And he tries to keep them from coming in, but Andrea puts her foot down, and she insists they are family. She pushes the door open, and she says, "She's my sister, and it's my birthday." Oh wow. Yeah. She got the tail. She, uh, finally ends up leaving his Len. Like, do you want to know what it took? What did it take? Oh, um, it took him, again, trigger warning, domestic abuse, about, just, okay, that's out there. Yep. He, uh, kicks her with his work boots in the ribs and stomach. Like, and remember, he's a fireman. Yeah. So those boots aren't, like, little boots. 
Yeah, and those are the old-fashioned type of fire boots, too, so... Yeah. And she's beaten so badly this time that she can't even pick up Trudy. Oh, no! She's just... She's tiny. Oh, my God! So, she... I think she goes to, like, a payphone or some crap and calls her sister for help. And she literally leaves that night with just the clothes on her back. However, they do, Andrea and Judy, do go back the next day to get Trudy and some of their stuff. And this is when Andrea decides that she will fight to keep Trudy at all costs. That's good. Yeah. Alright, and so that leads into March of 1979. Andrea gets an application for custody. Mm-hmm. So does Len. They both want Trudy. A solution at first seemed difficult to reach. Right. But temporary orders were in favor of Andrea. And she's given sole custody of Trudy. Ooh. Yay. Len is given visits two times a week and has to pay $20 per week, which I guess back then is quite a bit. Right. Um, it's important he is not allowed to harass Andrea. Good. <laughs> but he does anyway. Papers do little to stop him. Like what is it gonna do? He will show up where? At Trudy's kindergarten. Or Andrea's house. Oh. And when? All hours of days and nights. Like he'll bang, 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 bang on the door. Or the windows or whatever. Good lord. And then, like, Andrea will call the cops, but by the time they get there... He's gone. He's pieced the hell out of there. Len doesn't follow his, like, the allotted time. He keeps Trudy so much longer than he's supposed to. Like, this one time, he kept her by four days. And all the while, Andrea is scared. That he's going to just take off and leave Sydney with Trudy. And since Andrea doesn't have a car, she asks her brother Stephen to help her go to Len's place and get Trudy. That's understandable. Okay. So now I'm going to talk a little tiny bit about Sir Stephen. The brother. The brother. So, is that like a military title that he has, Sir Stephen? Oh, no, I just said it. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, as far as I know, no. But maybe, I don't know. I didn't see anything about military, I don't think. But anyway, Stephen, he is, he's kind and giving. But he's not going to stand by when violence is being threatened. Right. Because of the way Len has been acting against Andrea. He stands up for her and Trudy. Well, and especially because, like, Trudy looks up to him. And, like, he and her love spending time together. That's good. Like, they have a good, cute little relationship. You know, uncle and niece. Like, he's kind of a funkle. Yeah. Yeah. So. And who doesn't love a funkle? Right? In high school, Stephen discovers that he really loves surfing. Ooh. Yeah. 
And I mean, Australia is a pretty decent spot to go if you want to be a surfer. That's true. I mean, it is a damn island. Yeah. And you got to understand, like, there's differences between surfers from different places, too. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. But uh, he's gone and taken many trips, some of them pretty lengthy, um, for the sole purpose of going camping and then surfing. His favorite place is Lennox Head. No, Lennox Head, sorry, in northern South Wales. When he was approximately 22, though, he was hit by a car. Oh, God. He was oh, on, Jesus. He was on his motorcycle, and he gets a fractured leg. Thankfully, that wasn't, like, life-threatening. Well, thank and goodness for that. Because of his injury, he got a settlement large Ooh. enough to buy a property to build the home of his dreams. Nice. So, that was just a little bit of background into Stephen, so you can kind of get a feel for him. Yeah. So, February 22nd, 1980. Andrea and Trudy live with Stephen now. Oh. Because remember, Andrea left. Yes. Right? So. Oh, and Leslie, because Daddy lives there too. Ah. Um. Andrea has, like, gone about her day as usual, but then all of a sudden, she gets a call. And she's oh. a little nervous that it's Len. But... Understandable. She, she still answers the phone. And the caller, it's, it's a man. And uh, he asks if Stephen is there, and Andrea states that he's not. And asks who's calling. Turns out that the man is Stephen's boss at Reeves by Workers, and Stephen didn't show up for work that day. Oh. He didn't show up for his shift. And the pit forms in Andrea's stomach. Something is wrong, because this is so uncommon for her brother to be missing work. And they file a missing persons report, and... Because Dad was, Leslie, the dad, was away on, oh. like, a, like, a holiday or some crap. I'm not 100% sure. Right. But he was gone. He returns pretty much as soon as he can. Now, Stephen has been missing for five days. Oh, no. When the police show up on Leslie and Andrea's door. I'm going to be giving a big Big trigger warning. Okay? Yes. Major trigger warning for if people don't want to listen, you can skip ahead. Well, yeah. You may want to skip the rest of this episode. Because <coughs> um, the rest has to do with a body of a deceased human. So. After being invited in, they give the family the grave news that Stephen had been found deceased. When the police ask if Andrea knows anyone who would want to harm Stephen, she responds immediately with, My ex-husband, Len Warwick. Ooh. Len was pissed that Stephen inserted himself on behalf of Andrea when attempting to get Trudy from Len's house. 
of this is right now. This is where the body stuff comes in. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. February 27th, 1980. At Jerusalem Bay at Cohen Creek, part of the Hawkesbury River, two couples are out boating and they see something in the water. At first glance, they think it's a mannequin, like a naked mannequin. Oh. It, however, tragically, was not the case. It was, in fact, a decomposing body. Oh. It was bloated, and the skin appeared, like, mummified and waxy. It apparently didn't have any nails or hair. And it also appeared that, like, a bull shark had gotten hungry. Oh, God. And had eaten parts of the deceased. That's just wrong. Yeah. I'm not done yet. Sergeant Richard Ashton is the one that has to wade out into the water and remove the body. Now, here's my little tick mark called evidence. There was an orange colored rope tied around his midsection and looped through 11 bricks under his torso. Oh, wow. A similar rope is around his neck with a part of a garbage bag that's still attached over the head. But the police think that the bag was to help contain the blood after death. Hmm. Um, Interesting. They think that the killer knows the area. Um, and that they don't think that the body was dumped with a boat because there's a lot of fog in the area and low light, low light, and it just a boat can be really loud. And they don't think that yeah that the person who committed this crime would have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, even a rowboat can be noisy if you're yeah. splashing around. Exactly. Um, they theorized that the perp either waited, swam out, or threw the body over a bridge. And the killer probably thought that the bricks would help weigh down the body so it would sink to the bottom and decompose there. And he, he did try to remove the bag, but wasn't fully successful. Uh, if he would have cut the victim's stomach... It would have prevented uh, gas, but because he left it intact, that's they <laughs> built up and he began to float. When police remove the last of the bag, they discover a bullet wound from a twenty-two mm. caliber gun. This was the cause of death. We later find out that this body sadly belongs to Stephen. Poor Stephen. And that, my friends, is where I'm going to leave you today. That's a really good story. I can't wait for part two. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully I get through the rest of it, but I didn't want to go through the whole part of it because I just, it's a lot. Right. And Leonard is a very disturbed man. You have, this isn't even half of it. I'm 
just scratching the surface, honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like, you can't, there's so much more left. The tip, and then we're going to get to the middle, and then the whole large-ass bottom of it. Yeah, it's just, there's, there's so much to this story that it's, Honestly, it's a bit overwhelming. Right. By the vastness of this, because there are so many people involved. Right. And I will let you know in advance that Stephen is not the only one to pass away in this story. Right. He's the first. It is kind of sad that it is Stephen, though. It's like, because since he had such a good relationship with his sister and his dad, that is just very upsetting. Yeah, it really is. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be all from me for today. Okay. Um, I need a break anyways. I just... That's a lot. (laughs) It's all good. All right, well... I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know what else to say, but uh, thank you if you listened. And sorry if it's a little. I don't know what word to say. Um, wonky. Well, I mean, it is the first episode, so... Yeah. (laughs) Never done this before, so... Yeah, so we're sorry we're not professionals yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I'm just gonna say... Goodbye! Goodbye!